Welcome to the Morning Brew with Stu. As always, I'm your host, Stuart Brooking. And I want to talk about the latest free agent signing, that being Cam Newton to the New England Patriots. I made an episode a few weeks ago, and I was wrong. I was completely wrong. Listen, I said, I said stop putting Cam with the Patriots because they're sold on Jarrett Stidham. And I was wrong. I was wrong. Maybe... Maybe they still are, and maybe they're bringing Cam in to be a backup, like some people have suggested, but I highly doubt that. I, I highly doubt they're bringing in a league MVP to be a backup to a sixth-round pick. It just isn't going to happen. I, I do think they still believe in Jarrett Stidham, but I think it's going to be another year at least before we see Jarrett Stidham step onto the field as, you know, to me it's – it's all but said and done that Cam will be the starter, and he'll be the starter by week one. Now, that's scary for me as a as a Colts fan because I finally thought New England was done. I thought they were done. I was like, man, this is going to be the first year where they're, like, they're not going to be a good team, and I'm going to be stoked. And Although I thought people were counting them out. I was, you know, I thought they were going to be like a nine and seven team, which isn't great, but hey, now they're probably one of the favorites in the AFC to go to the Super Bowl, to compete with the Kansas City Chiefs, to be one of the best teams in the AFC. Like, time and time again, and thanks Cam Newton, you you have made New England a good team again. But I want this for Cam more than I do New England. Listen. I'm a big Cam, Cam Newton fan. I when he became a Colt, I said, or not when he became a Colt. When he became a free agent, I wanted him to be a Colt because he's a once in a generation type of quarterback, and he's a guy that, in order to be the very best in the league, will work for it, and that's what he wants to be is the very best in the league. Listen, he's got a lot of he's got a lot of doubters. Nobody signed him in free agency. Jacksonville needed a quarterback. According to everybody, they didn't sign him. The Bears, they needed a quarterback. They Literally, with Cam Newton would be a Super Bowl favorite team. They didn't sign him. Instead, they, they got Nick Foles, right? So here they go. I mean, again, Cam Newton has a, a Pringle-sized chip can on his shoulder, and he's out here to show people wrong. I think Cam Newton is going to be a league MVP candidate again. I think he has that kind of power and that kind of playmaking ability. And that that's who he is as a quarterback is the guy that when the chips on his shoulder, when he's ready to prove you wrong, he'll be that guy. Now people like Colin Cowherd will, will, and other other people, not just him, but other people have talked about how Cam doesn't fit this offense because they don't have a, a home run hitter. And that's what Cam does. But I think Cam has realized something. Let me break this down for you. I'm going to be real honest. This is something I said about Lamar Jackson when Lamar came out. And I'm, I'm going to tell you what I said about Lamar and then tie that in with Cam, right? When Lamar came out of the draft, I said early, early he's going to be able to use his legs. And he has. His first two seasons he's used his legs. It's helped him win an MVP. But I said, he he's going to have to make that adjustment to be a throwing quarterback, to be a passer. 
And a perfect example for this was and is Michael Vick. There is pre-prison Michael Vick and post-prison Michael Vick. The Michael Vick that we saw pre-prison with the Atlanta with the Atlanta Falcons was a guy who relied heavily on his legs and ran an incredibly amount and didn't really throw the ball that much, even though he had a killer arm and could throw the ball 60, 70 yards from his knees. He, he didn't really use his arm that much. Then when he came back after getting in trouble and he came back out of prison, he was a more refined passer in Andy Reid's system. He was a more detailed thrower of the football. He, he could still run and he could still outrun people, but he relied on his arm first and his leg second. That's what Lamar is going to have to do to elevate to be a – a longevity type of quarterback, and that's what Cam, I, I said this, I think Cam has to do this to last 15 years in the league. I think Cam realizes that. In those videos I've seen of Cam throwing the football, he looks, the ball looks like it's popping out of his hand faster. He looks more smoother. He looks like he's getting there on time. I think Cam has realized that, like, I can still use my feet and be dangerous because this is what keeps defensive coordinators up at night. This is what makes me so dangerous. But I think what Cam realized is this. I'm going to have to be able to win by throwing the football. I'm going to have to be able to win from the pocket. And the only way I can do that is by being a better thrower of the football. So yes, I don't think Cam Newton can run the Tom Brady style offense. They're not going to run that offense. They're going to run an offense similar to what Josh McDaniels ran, the offensive coordinator of New England Patriots. The same offense that he ran when he was the head coach of the Denver Broncos, and he and he had Tim Tebow as his as his quarterback. But I, you know, Cam's a better thrower, obviously. Cam's a more dynamic runner, obviously. So there's a lot of stuff that Cam can do that Tim couldn't do. That they're going to be able to capitalize more on. A lot more RPOs. Some of the read options are going to be a little scarier for, for defensive coordinators to game plan against. Different stuff like that is really going to scare these defenses away from game planning against specifically Cam Newton. Because now you're going to have to worry about also, you know, if he hands the ball to, to Sony Michelle, we're game planning at stopping Cam. Sonny Michelle could get 26 yards on a carry. So a lot of these things, it's, it's going to make it tough. It's going to make it really, really tough on defensive coordinators, and I can't wait to see what Josh McDaniels dials up with New England. But at the same time, I'm going to hate it. The NBA season is restarting at the end of the July, the end of this month. Uh, it'll be starting with the Lakers, and the Clippers is one of the game. One of the games. That's going to be an exciting game. But, you know, players have the right to sit out. I mean, there is a pandemic going on and players are going to have the right to sit out. But there shouldn't be an asterisk on this season. I think the NBA, you know, is still tough. These are still professional basketball players. No matter where they're at on the bench or the depth chart or whatever, they're still professional basketball players. And for me... This is going to be interesting to see. It's going to be really fun to see how this ends up. And it's going to be fun to see who ends up in what seed and the drama that unfolds. My original pick 
was going to be the LA Lakers and the Milwaukee Bucks. And we were going to see Giannis versus LeBron in the NBA Finals. That's that's what I was that's what I thought. But the Raptors are better than I thought. The Lakers are really really or the Clippers are really really good. If Portland gets in, they're going to be scary. Like the the NBA is scarier than I thought it was. Oladipo is out now, so Oladipo is not. He said today he's not you know playing in the you know he's going to sit out. I that eliminates the Pacers for me as being even a threat. I'm not saying they would have won anything, but still got the 76ers who have Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Man, I, I tell you, I'm excited for the... For, listen, what got me excited was watching the Raptors game, Raptors versus Warriors finals last year. I, I was not expecting the Raptors to win the way that they won. And, you know, after watching that, I'm excited to watch the NBA playoffs and to see what happens in the, in the playoffs and to see who makes it to the finals and ready to see if the Greek freak can get Milwaukee their first championship in a long time. And I'm excited to see if LeBron can add another ring to the trophy case. So I, I've released my top five quarterbacks for the college football season a couple times on Twitter. I've done it. I revised it. And there, there are some, you know, guys in there. Tanner Morgan's a guy that not many people are talking about being a legit first round starting quarterback when I think he is, when I think he's a legit first round starting quarterback. But there are some quarterbacks in this draft class that at one time either were getting talked about, that aren't now or that have not been talked about at all that, that really deserve some hype. And the first one that comes to mind to me is Ian book, the quarterback of Notre Dame. When Ian book came in, the, the team changed, they, they changed and they became a, a, a college football playoff team. That's what, that's what happened. They changed and became a college football team. And Notre Dame became scary, but just like typical Notre Dame fashion, they don't play really anybody. So when they played a real team, they got embarrassed. But you know, I when I look at Ian Book, his arm strength is good. It's really good. It's it's a good NFL arm, not great, but it's not below average. It's above average, and it's it's good. He he reminds me if I had to do a pro comp, it's Baker Mayfield. He's a very accurate thrower to football. He's he's on time. He's a precision precision thrower. He can make some big league throws, 15-yard out routes, things like that. He's a really good quarterback that I think can translate really, really well in the NFL that people aren't talking about. He's on the smaller side too, like Baker. I think what's gonna happen is, you know, there's there's Trevor Lawrence in this draft, there's Trey Lance, there's Justin Fields. There's Brock Purdy. There's going to be Tanner Morgan, Jamie, Jamie Newman, probably. There's going to be a lot of guys in this draft class. So I think somebody is going to be able to get a Ian Book in the third round or fourth round 
and get a really, really solid quarterback and get a guy that is going to be a 15-year NFL starter. That's what I think they're, they're getting when they when they get Ian Book is a guy who can be a 15-year NFL starter. Now, granted, he may, he may go from team to team to team to team, but he may be a but he'll probably be a 15-year starter. Another another pro comp to me is Case Keenum. And when you say Case Keenum with Ian Book, right? Or when you say Case Keenum, you, you compare somebody to Case Keenum. It gets a lot of bad reaction. And, you know, when when people compare Baker to, to Case Keenum, it's a lot of bad reaction. But you have to remember, Case Keenum won 13 games as a starting quarterback in the NFL from the Minnesota Vikings. Started 13 games. He won 13 games as a starting quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. So that to me is enough right there to say that, yeah, it's scary. And you don't want to be compared to to Case Keenum because he's not one of the, the top 15, top 10 quarterbacks in the league. But Case Keenum is going to be around a while. And Case Keenum's he's shown you he can win a lot of games. And that's the type of quarterback that Baker or that Ian Book is is. And that's the type of quarterback Book's going to be. Is a guy who he's going to have to have the perfect run game. He's going to have to have the perfect wide receivers like an Adam Thielen and a you know Stefan Diggs on the outside. You're going to have to have the perfect offensive coordinator, the perfect head coach, the perfect defense. You're going to have to have everything lined up exactly right for it to work I feel like with Ian Book but if if you have that and it works perfectly that's a 13 win team it's a 13 win team that's a that's a playoff team that's an NFC championship team and Ian Book to me is he's going to be a solid NFL quarterback I'm not going to say he's going to be great I'm not going to say he's going to be a guy who's even going to be good I'm just going to say he's going to be a solid NFL quarterback but I think he's a guy that also, you know, he's he has high risk, but I think he could possibly have high reward because I think he he's a guy that completes seventy percent of his passes or sixty nine percent of his passes. He's a very good college quarterback that completes a lot of passes and is very accurate when he throws the football. So Ian Book's a guy to look at for me. Another guy is Deer King. A couple years ago this guy was was getting comparisons to being the next Russell Wilson. Then he got beat out at Houston. Now he goes to Miami. I, you know, he's on the shorter side, but he's got a cannon. He can he can run around a lot. He can make some things happen with his legs. That's a guy you need to look out for. If he makes another jump, I think he's a guy that could sneak into the first round, and he could sneak into being a top quarterback in this conversation and be a guy that you know we look at in the future and be like, okay, well, this guy has obviously what it takes to play in the league. He, he, he fits today's style with the, with the way they want to run the ball, like, like with Lamar, you know, but you're going to have to have a coach that's willing to do what Harbaugh did with Lamar and change everything, just completely change everything around the, around him and around the system that, it's going to take for Dear King to be successful. And another guy, and this is a guy that I don't even know if he'll play this year in college football. But this is a guy I like, and a guy I'm telling you, if he gets to play the starting quarterback in front of him, 
will not see the the field again. And that's a JT Daniels, the quarterback out of Georgia. He's backing up Jamie Newman. But I'm telling you, they haven't had a guy like this. They've the, Georgia hasn't had a guy like this probably since Stafford. I understand that they had Jacob Eason, and he's got a big arm, and he's got a cannon, and he, you know, all this stuff. But, you know, they've had Aaron Murray, who's not really got a big arm. They've had Jake Fromm, who doesn't really have a big arm. And now you've got Jamie Newman, who's got a big arm, but not really a threat, that big of a threat as a passer. He's got to take that next leap as a passer that we all think he can to be successful. That's what he's got to do. But they have JT Daniels, who to me, if he can stay healthy, compares to a, a, a Carson Wentz, Andrew Luck type of guy. That's what he can be. I'm, I'm telling you, Jamie Newman hated it when JT Daniels said that he was going there. Because I guarantee you what, what's going to happen is, and he may not start, but he's going he's gonna to get a lot, of, a lot of attention from coaches. There's going to be a lot of coaches that look at him and say, you sure you sure you want to start Jamie Newman? You sure you want to start Newman? Because did you just watch what JT Daniels did with the football there? Did you just watch that? Did you watch the throw he made on the run? That was that's Carson Wentz esque. You know, that, that's some that's some big league NFL stuff. There's a lot of guy we we've not had that here. Newman's got a big arm, but he can't make that throw. Newman can run, but he can't do that. Like that JT Daniels, if he starts this year, will be a guy that will probably fall to the wayside and be a second or third round pick because of the injury concern. And he probably didn't start a whole year. That is if he comes out. I think he has another year left. I, I you know, Whatever. But I'm just telling you, if JT Daniels can play, you better look out because JT Daniels will make Jamie Newman look like a lesser than quarterback. That's just how good JT Daniels is. And then the final quarterback I want to talk about, which will transition into something else I wanted to talk about because he's been getting a lot of hype, is Sam Ellinger. And the reason I want to talk about Sam Ellinger is this. The college football kickoff guys, so it's it's Urban Meyer, Reggie Bush, Matt Leiner, and Joel Klatt. They were all talking about... They, they released their top five quarterbacks, right? In college football. I'll, 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 I'll tell you my five and talk about it a little bit here in a minute. But... Their top five was... Lawrence Fields... Slovis and... There was one other guy. And then there was Sam Ellinger, the quarterback out of Texas. He was third. And oh, Kyle Trask was the other guy outside of Sam Ellinger. And Sam Ellinger, to me, is an interesting prospect. Because, because Sam Ellinger, to me, I feel like has the capability and the, the, the possible ability to make that leap into being an NFL quarterback. I said I said when he came out because I thought he was going to come out last year. His high end was Carson Wentz because he's able to make the runs at like Carson Wentz. He looks at like Carson Wentz a little bit. 
but he can't throw like Carson. Now, if he can make that leap and be that thrower, he can be a Carson Wentz type of type of athlete. But I said his low end because he can't throw. Is Tim Tebow. He's a guy that you know can't isn't really isn't really a great thrower, but he's a good NFL or a good college quarterback because he can he can run and make some things happen with his legs and different stuff like that. So. That's where I thought he was as a college quarterback last year coming out. That's where I think he's at right now. But here's what I think. Listen, we thought the same thing about Jalen Hurts. And again, I was not a big Jalen Hurts guy. I did not think he should have gone in the second round. But I will say this. He did make a leap in throwing the football. He did. I, I Although I didn't buy into it all the way as him being a, a solid NFL every down starting passing quarterback. He did make a leap. And here's the thing with Sam Ellinger. He's, he's not going to have Lincoln Riley. He's not going to have an offensive-minded guy like that. But with Tom Herman, if he can make a, a Jalen Hurts type of leap in throwing the football, that's going to be more impressive than Jalen Hurts going to Oklahoma and making that leap. To me, that's what it's going to It's going to be more impressive because that's the part of Sam Ellinger's game that the scouts, that people watching football and looking at the quarterbacks and saying, this guy's going to be in the NFL, this guy's going to be in the NFL, they look at Sam and they say, well, listen, he's got a lot of traits that we like. He's he's able to run the ball. He's able to keep things going. He's got a big arm. But but is he consistent enough? Is he accurate enough? Is he, is he this enough? Is he that enough? And he hasn't shown. He hasn't been able to answer. He plays in the Big 12 where there's not a lot of defense, so his numbers look good, but... I think he's going to have to make a leap. He's going to have to answer a lot of questions. He's going to have to play really big in a lot of big-time games this next season to really show that he can be a guy that NFL quarterbacks can take. He's going to have to make a Jalen Hurts type of leap. Now, like with Jalen Hurts, and this is what I think Philadelphia is going to do with Jalen Hurts. I don't know if they're going to, but I think, and again, this is smart because you have Carson Wentz who's been hurt a lot. You can take some pounding off of Carson Wentz. Is I think they're going to run Jalen Hurts as a Taysom Hill type of quarterback. And Jalen Hurts fits that role perfect. You know, Brett Favre said that he thinks Jordan Love would would serve that role for Green Bay. Jordan Love isn't that guy. He's he's a passer that happens to be able to make some plays happen with his legs a lot like Aaron Rodgers does. He's not a runner of the football. Jalen Hurts is. He's he's a runner of the football and a thrower. I'm not not denying his throwing ability. Although I don't think it, it long term he'll be that good of a thrower. I don't think, you know, he's a guy that you can make a franchise guy based off his throwing ability. We'll see, but I think he's a better thrower of the. F- I think he's a better runner of the football than he is thrower, with the with the potential to develop the throwing, and I think the way to do that is you get him in sparingly. You're gonna. I mean, he's he's a dangerous weapon. If you can use him in a Taysom Hill type of role, that would be fantastic, and that's what I think. Sam Ellinger will do, and I think Sam Ellinger will get drafted relatively high for a guy who's not a very good thrower of the football. What do I mean? I think he'll get drafted by a team that looks at what the Saints did with Taysom Hill and say, listen, I, you know, it'll be a team with an offensive mind, and they'll say, listen, I think I can develop him into being 
a Taysom Hill-esque type of guy where he can throw the football. He can be really, really good at throwing the football after I'm done with him, after after I develop him. But right now, let's run him up the middle. He has the body to take it. Right now, let's let's bring him in on third third and short, and let's put him in at, at H-back. Let's hand the ball off to him and watch him make some things happen. Or let's let's put him in as a slot, throw a quick slant route to him and watch him do this or that, like Taysom Hill does. I don't think he's going to play special teams. I don't, just like I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to play special teams, but I think he'll be that guy on offense that you have to game plan against. I think Hurts will be that guy on offense that you have to game plan against. But again, it you know if Sam Ellinger wants to make the leap into being a top quarterback, he's going to have to make a Jalen Hurts type of leap in his ability to throw the football. Now, like I said, the reason I brought this up with Sam Ellinger was college, you know, the college football kickoff show for Fox. They were talking about their top five college quarterbacks, not just the draftable quarterbacks, but college quarterbacks. And I'm going to give my list. Here's my list. Number one, it's, it's Trevor Lawrence. I don't think it's a, that's a question. Um, despite what, was perceived as a down year. And I think what happened with, you know, after watching some of the tape and watching some of the things, what I think happened with Trevor Lawrence was he tried to play Superman a little too much. He tried to be the guy a little too much, which led for his interceptions to go up and led for a lot of bonehead plays where you're like, man, what's going on here? So I think, I think he'll, he'll bring that down and he'll, he'll show that he is the real deal and he will be the number one overall pick. But, a guy I really, really like, and a guy I've been talking up, and a guy I've, I've I've tried to fight against the hate with is Justin Fields, my number two quarterback. I guess it should be like 1A, 1B, but since we're doing 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, he is my number two quarterback. But I think do not be a bit surprised if when, the, when April comes, when the NFL draft comes, if people are looking at Justin Fields as possibly being the number one quarterback off the board. And you start hearing those rumors. Because he's a better thrower than Lamar Jackson, but he can run like Lamar. I, I This is what I said. He's a better passing, shorter, better passing version of Cam Newton. And because he's a better passing version, it makes up for him being a shorter version of Cam. That's exactly what Justin Fields is, and he has a very good chance at winning the Heisman this year. My number three quarterback in all, all of college football is Sam Howell. I mean, what he was able to do last year with UNC, the numbers he was able to put up, UNC's a real team now. They're, they're a real threat in the ACC. They're a real threat. And I think by the time he graduates next year, or by the time he enters the draft next year, this will be a dark horse college football playoff team. And Clemson better look out. Because Trevor Lawrence won't be there. Now, you do have another five-star quarterback, but Trevor Lawrence won't be there. And you're going to have to make up for it, and you have to play a guy like Sam Howell, who, in my opinion, in the 2022 NFL draft, will be the number one overall pick, despite another guy that makes my list being there. Two other guys, and I'll talk about them, making my list. It's it's very obvious to me that Sam Howe is the third guy. Fourth to me is Kyle Trask. I think Trask made that leap. 
and has shown that he can be a, a, a quarterback this year to to be a big threat in the league and be a big threat, you know, in the SEC and be a guy that you really got to look out for. And he's a guy that, to me, is is going to be a, a, a very scary weapon for Florida and Dan Mullen to use. And they're a dark horse college football playoff team this year. They're, they're a very, very scary football team. And my fifth quarterback, and I'll, I'll mention my honorable mention because I really, really like him, but I'm just going based off of talent, is Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler, to me, is a guy that um, is, very, is very, very scary. And if there's, only, if there's only one guy that can beat Sam Howell out to be the number one overall pick, it's going to be Spencer Rattler. Now, my honorable mentions Bo Nix, the quarterback out of Auburn. And it's also Tanner Morgan, the quarterback out of Minnesota. You know how much I love him, but talent-wise, he's a little farther down the list. But Bo Nix just got beaten out of the fifth spot by by Spencer Rattler. And by the time the end of the year comes, he may be in the fifth spot. And Spencer Rattler, it, Kyle Trask may be out of this by the time the fifth by the time we get halfway through the season. Spencer Rattler is the, the only guy, despite how good Bo Nix is, I think there will be three f- f- surefire top 10 quarterbacks in the 2022 draft. It'll be Sam Howell, Spencer Rattler, and it'll be Bo Nix. And then there's there'll be like Jaden Daniels will be up there. Helensky will be up there. There'll be a lot of guys fighting for being a fourth or fifth quarterback, first round quarterback. But I think right now there's only three certain ones, and it's Bo Nix, it's who's my honorable mention, my fifth overall quarterback for this season, who is Spencer Rattler. And then there's Sam Howe, who I think in 2022 will be the number one overall pick. Here's the thing with Spencer Rattler. I I, I think I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. That way, and, I, and I'll say it many, many, many more times. Listen, here's the thing. Lincoln Riley is coached. Baker Mayfield, he has coached Kyler Murray, he has coached Jalen Hurts, and all of them have been better quarterbacks than where they were before. Baker Mayfield was a better quarterback at Oklahoma than he was at Texas Tech. Kyler Murray was a better quarterback at Oklahoma than he was at Texas A&M. Kyler, or Jalen Hurts was a better quarterback at Oklahoma than he was at Alabama. And he made a leap that got him selected in the second round. Spencer Rattler is better than all three. Spencer Rattler is better than all three of those quarterbacks. And he may be up there with guys like Danny White and Sam Bradford. Fighting for, you know, and Baker fighting for the greatest to ever play Oklahoma. Like, I, I Spencer Rattler is better than all three. And, and... We're talking about Kyler Murray being a a dark horse MVP candidate this year. And Kyler Murray being the number one overall pick. And Baker Mayfield being the number one overall pick. But I think talent-wise, he's he's a better quarterback than all three of them. I think the only reason he doesn't go number one overall, and he has a really good chance of doing it, but I think the only reason he doesn't is because Sam Howell's better. Sam Howell's a more electrifying quarterback he he has he plays a lot like Baker Mayfield he has a lot of things like like Baker does but Spencer Rattler I'm telling you is a more he 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 may be more talented with his ability to run 
than Sam Howe, but I, I, I'm still taking Sam Howe because of his passing ability, not saying Spencer Rattler can't throw because his passing ability is elite, which is why I think he's better than all three. Spencer Rattler, to me, is better than all three of those quarterbacks. And Lincoln Riley, and Lincoln Riley with the best quarterback he's had yet? Are you kidding me? Oklahoma, he's going to tear it, he's going to tear it up this year. And I think it will be between him, Sam Howell, Justin Fields, and maybe Trevor Lawrence. There will probably be a dark horse candidate that pops out of nowhere for the Heisman Trophy. And it's it's going to be fun to watch. And it's going to be fun to watch him coming out in the 2022 draft and to watch him not only this season, but next season as well to see what he can bring. So that's my top five quarterbacks. It's it's Lawrence, Fields, Howell, Trask, and Spencer Rattler with two honorable mentions, Bo Nix from Auburn, who I think is a really, really good quarterback. And I'll, I'll break down my thoughts on Bo Nix. I'll talk about Bo Nix later on in the season. But right now, I think, you know, he's just outside the top five. And then another guy I really, really like is Tanner Morgan. But I think on the talent list, he's a little farther down than some of these other guys that are on my list. And the final thing I'm going to talk about on this episode is the NFL is considering making fans sign a waiver to attend games saying that the NFL is not liable if you contract a coronavirus. I think this is smart. And I think it's smart because because of this reason. Listen, it's something that, first of all, keeps them from getting sued, but also allows fans to be in the building. But it's also something they can, they can give to the players and say, listen, there will be fans in the building. We're making fans sign this. To come watch you play, we're gonna make you play. We're gonna make you sign this, and you know, move on with the season. Now there will be people, and I think they'll have to find a way, and I think they're gonna to have to have a meeting with the NFLPA to if if people like Victor Oladipo, but for the NFL don't want to play, they don't have to play. They can sit out this season and not worry about it. And it won't affect them contract-wise. They'll still have to find a way to get paid or whatever. But what I, what I think the NFL is realizing is this, that you know we're going to try to have a season, and we know the coronavirus is still out here, but we're going to have to, you know, but we just re- we realize it's out here, and we realize that there's a good chance people are just going to get it, but that's just part of it, and we're just going to play the game the way we want to do it. And the best way to do that is to make not only the fans sign a waiver, but I would not be surprised if they make the players sign a waiver saying, hey, we are not, the NFL is not liable. We understand the risk at playing that we can contract the coronavirus. The NFL is going to do everything in their power, you know, to implement rules, to keep social distancing a thing. They'll probably do a lot more walkthroughs, go outside, don't be in the the hot, sweaty gym where it's contracted more. Like, go outside, do all this stuff, do all that. Stay away. You know, there's going to be a lot more of that stuff, a lot of install, as we call it. When you're on a football team, a lot of of install stuff. They're going to install plays and their offense, and they're going to work on it. They're going to walk through. A lot of walkthroughs, a lot of install. That's what it's going to be. 
But I think I think making the fans sign a waiver is smart because then you can go to the table with making the players sign this waiver and say, listen, we're making the fans sign it, so we're going to make you sign it. So I, I like that idea. It, it allows us to potentially still attend games, and I'm excited to see what happens. It, it shows a glimmer of hope for there being a football season. I think there will be, but I think it also there's a, there's a chance that there may not be. So we'll see what happens. Um, but but that brings a glimmer of hope and some excitement for there being an NFL season. Hey, if you made it this far, thanks for listening. I, I really appreciate it. Listen, this podcast is something I enjoy doing. It's something that I, I, I put a lot of passion and time into doing. So if you could do me a favor, if you could... If you could like this podcast or or share it with some of your friends or on your social media page, that'd be great. It, it'll bring the listeners up, the the writers, up, you know, and then allow me to advertise. And if I can do that, I can provide more contact content for you, better content, and it'd be just a better overall show for you. So if you could, if you do that, it'd be great. Again, thanks for listening. Have a great morning, afternoon, or good night, whenever you may be listening.